Welcome to Decode Your Burnout, the podcast where we crack the code on burnout based on three primary factors, your programming, environment, and personality. We also feature experts who debunk the myths about what it takes to be successful in their industry and spin those tips to fit the workplace so you can optimize the way you work. I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Grossman, a psychologist turned coach, author, and burnout expert. If you're burned out and want to go from exhausted to extraordinary, book a free breakthrough session with me by going to bookachatwithsharon.com. And if you want to see how you're doing and what to focus on next, download the burnout checklist. You'll find the link in the show notes or go to bit.ly forward slash check your burnout. Now let's get started. Hello, Decode Your Burnout fans, and welcome to another episode with me, Dr. Sharon Grossman. Today, I am joined by Kate Ekman, who's the author of The Full Spirit Workout, a 10-step system to shed your self-doubt, strengthen your spiritual core, and create a fun and fulfilling life. She's a broadcast journalist and TV personality who brings her expertise in communication, performance, and mindfulness to her practice as a success coach for business leaders and professional athletes. She earned a BA in communications from Penn State University, where she was an academic All-American and received her master's degree in broadcast journalism from Northwestern University's Meadow School of Journalism. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. She graduated at the highest level from Columbia University's executive and organizational coaching program and is a certified ICF coach, PCC, and a licensed NBI consultant. Lots of different certifications there. Passionate about mindfulness practices for both brain and body health. She is also a meditation teacher and a course creator for Insight Timer the world's number one ranked free meditation app. You can visit her online at Kate Ekman, E-C-M-A-N dot TV and www.thefullspiritworkout.com. Kate, welcome to the show. Thank you, boy. That was a mouthful, right? I was just like, how about Kate's here? She's cool. She's your girl. She knows some stuff. Let's talk. <laughs> All right. So redo. Kate is here. She's cool. We're going to talk about some stuff. That's the short version. You know, I appreciate that, you know, all of us, we have our credentials, but I think so much of it is, you know, we've been around, we've been around the block. We've gotten our hearts broken. We've experienced failure. We've been kicked down. We've been betrayed. You know, it's just, that's so much of our, our wisdom and, and knowledge. And I, I'm a nerd and I like all my academics and can't stop getting degrees and certifications because I love to learn and expand and grow. Man, those people who treat you bad, they think they'll help you more than a Harvard degree, right? That is true. That's <laughs> called life experience. And, so, and honestly, honestly, I also believe that in a certain way, burnout is your teacher. It's something that can help redirect you from where you've been programmed to go to where you're now tuning more into yourself and your truth and rethinking about how do you show up? So speaking of burnout, I know that you've actually experienced burnout yourself. 
So tell us what happened for you. Yeah, there's so many examples. I, I think which one do I want to share? I mean, swimming comes to mind. I had a 17-year competitive swimming career. And I think just generally, when something that we used to love for me, it was swimming. When it's no longer fun, mm-hmm. that's burnout. More recently, I think we've all experienced something in the workplace, whether we're entrepreneurs or in corporate or, or whatever we're doing. And, you know, I, I am an entrepreneur. I have my own business. I did take a role with a public company as an executive the past year and a half or so. And I, I recently resigned f- for many reasons. And, and one of them was burnout. And it wasn't so much burnout. I mean, I'm a workaholic. I can work long hours. I can self-sacrifice and all of those things. But it, it was more of a, a people burnout and working with and for people who you know, underestimate you, undervalue you, hire you to to be a leader, but then don't want to hear your opinion. And I, I see and hear that a lot as an executive coach and organizations too. And sadly, my clients who work in organizations where they're empowered is the exception, not the rule. And I just wonder why that is is so. And while I can't solve that that problem, I can certainly coach the people who are dealing with it. But I think it's so important to recognize when we're in a, a toxic environment or around toxic people or around uh, toxic belief systems and when our values are being compromised. And when it's just so out of alignment there, people always say, follow your heart. And I used to think and believe that too, but really we need to follow our values. And when our values are being compromised, it's almost instant burnout because it isn't about the long hours. Because when I put, I can work 20 hours a day if it's something that I love and feel invigorated at the end of the day, I'm tired, but I'm not burned out. Yes, yes. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I know people who work a ton and they don't burn out. And this is not an advertisement for you to work long hours if you're listening to this. However, there are people who work a normal amount or not very much, and they're burned out. And so that's why I always say, you know, burnout happens for different reasons. It's not a one size fits all in terms of why you get there. And it's also not a one size fits all in terms of how you get out of it, which is why we have this show. So one of the things I talk about on the show is Yes, there are external factors that contribute to your burnout. And if we think about burnout as just chronic stress, we might say, okay, all different things stress people out, right? What stresses you out might be different from what stresses me out. That's a given. But we also bring something of ourselves to the table. And, you know, you talked about how you tend to maybe put yourself on the back burner because you want to go above and beyond and do for other people. This is what we call a feeler on the show. Somebody who cares, they want to do a good job, they want people to be taken care of, they want to make sure they're making everybody happy, quote unquote, right? And you come last. And that is a recipe for burnout. Absolutely. But I also like what you said about when you have something that you love and it's no longer fun because it's now stressful. That's a recipe for burnout too, right? So the swimming is a great example of that. This just came up recently in my family because my daughter's really, really good at designing her own clothes. She takes a sewing class and her teacher has said, you should consider going to a design school. And my daughter's been really resistant to that idea. And her thought around that is, I don't want this to become quote unquote work, 
right? Same concept is like, I don't want this to be like the thing that I have to do. I want this to be the thing that I want to do. Amen. And I, I as you're talking, I'm going back to swimming and I, I swam in college, as you mentioned in the intro and swimming was my, my first love. And it was my life for since five years old until 22. And you're right, even getting into college and you get the scholarship. So now there's money involved. I'm not getting a paycheck, but you got that. And then you're at a, a program like that division one top 25 school, big 10 conference. And, you know, your, your fellow athletes, student athletes at college, you know, they're, I mean, it's a huge football school, our fencing team, our wrestling team, all these teams are winning big tens. And so there's pressure like, well, we need to win big tens. Or I I think for me too, when you, when you get to college and when you just, as, as we grow and get older, more stuff was like, we experience more trauma and more things come up and, and I'm a student athlete. So I actually do care about my academics. You know, I'm a college student, so I'm partying with all the other people, you know, it's college. And I think it was just that pressure where, and I think we all experience this, whether you just become a mom or you get married or you have this dream job, but you're a whole person. That's what I like about the coaching that I've done. It's you're coaching the whole person. And I think we all fall prey to, we have this thing that the mother were a wife or father were, we're at the dream job or this swimmer at this school. And then we kind of forget about the rest of us. And, yeah. and then there's other people's needs too. So I think we get burned out because we're giving so much emphasis to this one thing. And rightfully so, if you're a mom or a swimmer or whatever it is, but then these other things just fall by the wayside. And I think, especially as women that were conditioned and we get the script at birth that you need to be a nice girl, you need to cater to other people. Don't be selfish that it's like, and people are reaching out to us to nurture them and support them. And I love, I love doing that. But then I, I've realized recently, like, but you've kind of kept yourself out of that equation. Why aren't you nurturing or being kind to yourself? And so being the the self-sacrificing lambs, it isn't a good look and it's, it's not cute. And I think we've heard this conversation over and over and, and intellectually, we all understand it, but the challenge is putting it into practice. And that's why I wrote my book. And I really want to give people the tools and the exercises and make it fun so that you do it and have conversations around the solutions. Rather, I think it's important to vent and get stuff out. But then I'm at the point, I'm like, okay, well, what are we going to do about it? We're all burned out in some way. What are we going to do about it? Absolutely. I think that we've all heard it a million times. And especially that that saying that has become super cliche about, you know, you put your oxygen mask on first. How many times have we heard that over and over again? And yet it doesn't change the way that we show up. Or I put my oxygen mask on first now and and it pisses people off. Like we all know to do that. And those people that you're pissing off by disappointing them because you're putting yourself first, they'll also give the little soundbite of, you got to put your oxygen mask on first. And then when you are putting your oxygen mask on first, they're mad. It's like, how dare you? I, mm-hmm. What about me? And it's like, excuse me. And I think that's why so many of us, especially women struggle with setting boundaries because our boundaries were not respected when we try to set them in our childhood and, and beyond. And so now it's, it's getting to that place where I feel like I'm, I'm great at the oxygen mask now, but then there's still that lingering guilt from years and years of conditioning of, oh, well, that's, that's selfish. And so it's releasing that guilt. And for me being okay. And at this point, I'm, I'm happy with my circle getting smaller. I'm happy to have 10 less people a day asking me for a favor or to connect them to people in my network 
or without ever offering to help me in any way, shape or form, you just get to the point and that's the burnout too. For me, it's the burnout of being used, being abused and, and taking responsibility that I allowed myself to be used or abused in some ways and really owning that. And then again, you know, saying, okay, how are you going to remedy that? And being kind when you tell people no, or even me yesterday, just all the people that wanted something, it was, you know, I'm working on closing two business deals before I fly out of town on Saturday. I'll be in touch with you in a few weeks and just be like being okay with that. And you see, you don't get a response or you can tell that person's like, how dare she? Or who does she think she is? Someone who's busy and has bills to pay? How dare she? What but laughing about it, but just, I think caring, you know, my, my acupuncturist said this to me when I was you know, I was in the emergency room on my birthday of all days earlier this year. It was awful. Worst, mm-hmm. worst, worst birthday ever, obviously. And I went to her for treatment shortly afterwards. And she said, you know, I appreciate that you're so kind and loving. She's like, I've got a new mantra for you. And I said, great. She said, I care, but not that much. And I just laughed out loud. And I love that. Like, I still care, but not that much. Like, I don't like with this so company, good. I... I'm going to release trying to make it be the best company ever and sacrifice myself and be sick in the hospital trying to get people to listen to me to do the right thing. It's just like, I care. I hope it does well. But, you know, my health comes first. I care, but not that much. That's so good. And you bring up a lot of really, really important topics when it comes to setting boundaries, because we're all told, especially for feelers, right? we're told like the thing that's missing is the boundary. And so clearly the thing to do is to set those boundaries, but you bring up all, all the reasons why that's not so easy to do. One is that we're conditioned to think that we're supposed to be doing all this stuff. And so when we believe that that's what we need to be doing, and then we don't do those things, then number one, we feel guilty. Number two is when we do take those things on, other people may not like it. They have their own expectations. They have their own needs and desires. And so they're coming to you because they want something from you. And so, yeah, we can all talk a good talk. We can all say, yeah, you know, put your oxygen mask on first. But when it comes down to it, if we're not respecting other people's boundaries, then it's going to be harder for each of us to set those boundaries. So it's really up to you to say, you know, the heck with those people. Those people clearly only care about themselves. And so this is reaffirming why I need these boundaries in the first place. Yeah. And the importance of liking ourselves, you know, we all want to be liked. That's why you just like, oh, I don't have time to do this, but let me do it for this person. I want to be liked. And for me, I value connection almost more than anything. I love to connect with people, but I think now spending the time to tune into, is this a mutually beneficial relationship? Is there an equal amount of giving and taking rather than, because you can feel it and then you get irritable and then that bleeds into the rest of your day. So the person who actually is here for you, who calls you and you're grumpy on the phone with them because you've been (laughs) taken advantage of all day. So I think it's having that awareness, nipping it in the bud at its root and, and just being like, okay, this person, perhaps I disappointed them, but then as a, a journalist, I think in sound bites and as an author, I think in quotes. And so I know it's from spirit when I, I see it in all caps. And so many times recently when I'm, you know, I'm, I'm transforming into a new version of myself and really letting go of a lot of these old patterns that have just not been healthy for me. And when that, that lingering thing is like, oh, well, they might be talking about bad about you, or they might be this, I hear and, and loud and clear it doesn't matter. Well, what if this person, and I it just interrupts myself, it doesn't matter. So when you go and you're thinking like, 
oh, are they going to be talking shit or like, oh, they might be mad at me. They may not like me, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, it doesn't matter. And it's like, okay, the person who's using you isn't going to invite you to the party. Awesome. That's a good thing. It just for me, I'm really in a season of, of clearing out and creating just a blank space and canvas for this bright, new, unlimited future of, of goodness and excitement and collaboration that feels really, really good. And I'm finding when I'm in that place of, of doing less and chasing less and releasing the burnout and all of that stuff, this the toxic patterns in our culture, you do less. It's like, go slow to go fast. You do less and you attract more. I sit here and I'm like, don't do anything for two hours, but reflect and meditate and hang out and not be in Zoom meetings or whatever. And I get the phone calls and the emails. Yesterday, I got like three of them at four o'clock with different deals happening. I was, I was just... Because I've set, I've set the foundation. I've done all the work. So now I think this is going to feel so uncomfortable for everyone, especially if you're a woman, but trying to just be in a place of receiving and not having to give or do or force or control so much, but allowing and receiving and, and sitting quietly in a room by yourself and just letting it unfold without the, the grind and the hustle and the exhaustion. Yeah, which... I have to wonder, is that what you mean by spiritual fitness? Yes. It's a counterintuitive approach to, to being, doing what you actually want. You know, there's a huge difference between what we want and what we really want. I want Mm. to eat the entire pizza. I love pizza. It's my favorite food. I probably need to numb because I'm stressed out by all these things we're talking about. But what I really want is optimal health. What I really want is, is longevity. What I really want is to feed myself the nutrients that are going to help me live a long life and function at, at my highest potential. I want to tell that jerk that they're a freaking jerk. But what I really want is inner peace. And you know what? God will take care of the jerk and, and they're on their own journey. And I don't need to expose or get revenge on the jerk or even tell them they're a jerk. I can just relax. And, and because when I, I tell the jerk that they're a jerk, it's, you know, I think that I'm attacking them and letting, oh, I told him, but you're, we're really attacking ourselves as well. So that's, that's spiritual fitness too. What you give out must come back to you. It's that law of cause and effect. And so spiritual fitness is that counterintuitive approach of, of stillness instead of striving and forcing and controlling. It's that 38 special song, hold on loosely. Like we grip so tight to what we want and, and we repel it. It's forcing yourself at first. And then it becomes a practice of being more in, in flow and in trust. And when I find myself, you know, in those moments of, what the heck, or why is this taking so long? Or why isn't this happening? Or how did I even get involved in a situation like this? I immediately, it's like, God's like, don't you, don't you trust me? And then I also think, wow, that felt like the worst thing that ever happened to me. And then in the same breath, that was actually the best thing that ever happened to me. Like this man was the catalyst for so much growth and transformation. And I have become the person who can now actually do that thing that I really wanted. Man, there is so much wisdom and everything you just said. I really went I off think- on a tangent. See, I get well, like, I just get in this flow and it all, it all makes, it's so simple. It makes so much sense. We make it complicated. I'm going to encourage everybody to go back and listen to this whole episode all over again and really capture some of the things you said, because there is a lot of wisdom in there. Right. And as you said, it is really counterintuitive. We've been conditioned as a society to do, 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 and to please others. And we're focused externally. And we think that the idea is the more control you have, the more power you have, the better. And really, 
It's about, as you say, setting the foundation and then letting go, which means that you're going to take that break. You know, I just had a session with my group and these are individuals who work like minimum of 12 hours straight every day Mm. without a break, including lunch is like during a meeting with someone. And so the question that came up in the session today was, you know, that thing about people talk about like taking breaks. How do we do that? Right. Wow. And this is from, I'm sure, highly educated, very successful people are asking the question, how do we take a break? Like a three-year-old in nursery school, how do I, I have to go to the bathroom. How do I do that? Yeah. Yeah. Because we've been doing it this way for so long. We don't even know how to do it differently. Right. And And there's that fear there. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of obstacles. Right. And I said to them, the first thing is you have to have buy-in. You have to really believe that it's important to have breaks. So then I was like, okay, well, we can talk about what does the science say? And you know, what are you noticing with regards to your productivity when you don't take breaks? And like we talked about it from all the different angles, right? Getting them to the point where they have buy-in because as you say, there's fear. It's like, if I don't work 12 hours, my stuff's not going to get done, this and that. But then when you break it down, when you peel it back, all of a sudden what you realize is they're like, wait, You know, I notice when I do go for that walk and I come back or when I have to get in my car and go, you know, meeting A to meeting B, those transition times actually help me be more focused. I get more work done. And there's a lot of just ideas that keep us glued to our seats because of that conditioning. And a lot of it, by the way, are rules that we make up for ourselves, right? So I have one client who's like, I work from seven to seven every day without a break. And she's like, but it's not because I have to, like my my job doesn't require that. So she just made that rule up for herself. And now it's like, well, if I were to take a break, like I, what if something doesn't get done? But then when we talked about it, she came up with, you know, sometimes I finish my work, let's say it's 5.30. And the only reason she stays until seven is because she has that rule and she feels guilty if she doesn't sit there until that time. So we really have to watch ourselves when we create these rules for us. And we have to question, why are we doing what we're doing? You know, you talked earlier about values. What are you valuing here by not taking breaks? You're valuing your productivity. You're valuing your output. You're valuing other people's perception. What are you not valuing? You're not valuing your health. You're not valuing you know, you're not setting yourself up for long-term success. I love all these things that you're sharing with us because I think it is absolutely relevant to the majority of folks because this is just really a societal issue. And then you think about all all that you're doing and striving for to impress other people, for instance. I was, I recognize that I was one of those people when I had a massive wake-up call, you know, lost two loved ones to suicide because they had that mentality as well. And then makes you question your own desire to live when these tragic things happen. And all I know is all those people who I've sacrificed for and worked the 12 hour days for and tried to impress and look at me, how smart, how hardworking, none of those people come and visit you in the hospital when you've worked yourself to a place of having to be hospitalized. None of those people, they might send you a text, a fake text, hope you feel better. Let me know if you need anything. None of those people 
visit you in the hospital. None of those people, you're not inviting those people to your wedding or to some special occasion. And then so what are they going to say at your, at your wedding? She works seven to seven and I'm not dissing that person at all. Who's doing it, but I'm just, I've been that seven to seven person. It's she works really hard. Yeah. I just, I see so many people who have no clue who they are again, what they really want put the little asterisks or put the really in italics who are living some life that society told them to live. That's why there's so many unhappily married people, divorced people, people with kids. They don't even really want or like, because they're like, I got to get married and have kids. Why? Right. If that's what you really want. Right. But I think there's so many people in that predicament who don't really want that. And so, but it's never even occurred to them that they could make their own choices. And then it's uncomfortable to, to go against the, range. For me, I've chosen at this point to not get married and to not have kids. And then I love reading the research that the happiest group of people in the world are childless, unmarried women. But then people are like, why aren't you married with children? I'm like, I chose to do what it was in alignment for me. I I chose not, I would, I'm happy. I'm not divorced three times over right now by those long-term relationships. I'd be widowed actually. So I'm not dissing anyone's anyone's choices. I'm just inviting people to be a little bit more conscious and deliberate and intentional with their choices and choose what's best for them, not what mom and dad want, not what the neighbors are doing, not what society says we should be doing. And listen, my choices have left me super lonely on multiple occasions because I'm going against the norm, but my life is my own. And I have countless, I don't know why I'm even talking about all this. I think it's just because I see right here, I have so many married friends with the perfect dream life on Instagram who cry to me that just are like, I don't know how you've done it. Your life is your, your own. And I envy that. And I wish I had more courage to make the decisions that you've made. I said, well, you can, you can start now and not too late. It's never occurred to, to people that, that their life is, is their own. And yeah. I think to please ourselves before we please all the other things are we're pleasing a culture. Our culture doesn't care about us. Culture is actually here to kind of destroy us. If you think about it, you have to spend so much time going against the programming of the world that tells us we're not good enough. We don't add up. You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough. You're not rich. And if you live in a city like I do, like Orange County or New York City, you would just walk around the street and it will tell you you're not enough because you need $10 million to own a home here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So coming back to what you said earlier, if if you were going to give somebody something that's actionable or even just like a mindset switch, it's not about pleasing everybody. And it's not about the perception. Those are not the things that are important. And it's not about having that big circle of people around you, but it's about connection. It's about those relationships that are meaningful, even if they're few. And that is more important. And, and that's, the first relationship is clearly the relationship with yourself, but obviously, you know, also having other people who really do care about you around you, because actually some of the research on burnout shows that that social support is a huge mitigating factor, especially when it when you're already burned out. You want to have people around you who can help support you and pull you out of it, especially if you're stuck in all of the cultural trappings they can give you that external viewpoint. And I think also for people who may don't have that, you know, you have good relationships, but maybe people just don't get where you want to go. That's where coaching comes in, right? Coaches are the people who help us transform the way that we think, transform the way that we show up. I just had clients who, as I mentioned, don't ever take a day off and they had a birthday 
And I challenged them to take their birthday off, which was like a huge challenge. Can you imagine? I, I can't. And you know, as you're talking, something's something's coming up. And I want to share this because, you know, we talk about remedies to burnout, but I'm I'm into preventative medicine because I've had skin cancer and so I'm really into early detection and prevention. I'm really into suicide prevention and awareness. So again, mm-hmm. addressing it before we even get to where we're having suicidal thoughts, before we even get yes. to burnout. And so something that I just did, and again, I was in the moment. And if it's a private conversation, don't care. But I'm like, people are going to listen to this. And people I don't know are even more scary. People who I do know. And I there's that part of me that's like, oh my gosh, I hope I didn't offend anyone who's married with kids or they made that choice. Now, if you're happily married with kids, you're not going to be, but maybe you're upset and you're like, well, who is she or why is she talking about, you know, this choice? And so see, I'm doing that. But for me, it's my truth. And so I think we we beat burnout in the first place when we are honest with ourselves and we speak the truth and we dare and are willing to have a conversation like this, or even with a stranger or a friend and share our truth, knowing that they could judge us. They could not like us. They could be like, well, who is she to say this? So I think really owning that, because when we actually own our truth to first to ourselves, and then can even share it with somebody else, a trusted therapist or coach or family member or friend, then it's like, we don't even have to get to burnout because we've been so honest with ourselves that we know to take the break. We know that our success is so much more than what we produce or what we look like or how much money we have or how many people we're impressing on Instagram with our picture perfect family that we're actually struggling with behind closed doors. So that I think that's that's my message here that's just coming to me is from spirit is the importance of of telling the truth. And I think a lot of people are scared of the truth because it's uncomfortable. And I found in my experience, you tell the truth unless you're with a, a specialist like yourself. People judge you. People will judge you because they're looking at it through their lens. It's not even about you. They really don't care what you're doing. It's just that it's like, oh, what does that mean for me or about me? Absolutely. But you know, at the end of the day, I think we each have to arrive at that place. And sometimes it's hard for us to get there, which is why you know, surrounding yourself with experts can be really helpful. Somebody to really help challenge you. So we've talked about lots of things today, and there were lots of nuggets of wisdom kind of interspersed throughout. And I know that, you know, we kind of debunked some myths, even though it wasn't like an official one, two, three, but we did talk about some counterintuitive approaches. And I know that you talked about the importance of prevention, and I'm 100% on board with that. However, the reality, most people don't care. They don't care until it's too late, until Mm. it's a pain point. There's nobody that I know of that would listen to this podcast, which has burnout in the name, unless they're already burned out. Think about that, right? So yes, we need to talk about it because those people are going to recover, hopefully, and they'll get to the other side. And we want them to then take these little nuggets and do it differently next time so they can prevent the future of burnout happening again, right? But I think we also have to talk about what to do right now. We have to meet people where they're at. And I have to tell you, I was really disappointed to learn this because I sometimes pitch myself to organizations about, I can talk about burnout prevention. They're like, oh, no, no. We're already there. <laughs> we're either They either say we're already there or people don't care. They want 
what they want right now. And if they're not already experiencing it, they're not going to listen to something that might happen in the future. Right. But, tr- but we talk about truth telling being burnout prevention. So you're, you're burned out. You start telling the truth. You actually admit and be, and that are honest that you are burned out. Cause I, I work with a lot of burned out people. I'm like, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm great. Yeah. Everything's great. Which you can, I'm like, you can feel that that is a lie. And so it's like, okay, well, tell me why everything's so great. And so then you start to get to, to the bottom of it. So maybe instead of, I I like what you're doing and you're right. So much is marketing and so much is the way we position things. And so, but I think truth telling is an antidote to everything. Um, But I think if you're in the the depths of burnout and you start telling the truth and, and maybe the truth, it's like, why do you, why is it important to you to work 12 hours a day? And then just, it's so important to ask the right questions to ourselves because, and that's why professionals who, who know the questions to ask are so beneficial because they make you answer things and hear the lie that you're telling yourself. And then someone is witnessing that. And so you can kind of start there, but I know it's scary for people. And I know that doing the inner, inner work and, and doing the work that's going to actually move the needle, it feels like another full-time job because it is, but the results are, are so worth it. That's what, when I do inner fitness, you know, you have to actually do the work. It's just like going to the gym. Your personal trainer cannot do your push-ups and pull-ups for you, but then the results are yours. The strength and the fitness yes. is yours. So I'm just I'm here to say it's it's so worth it. And I've been in a huge transformational period and it has been very painful, but very worth it because when you start to see like, wow, I'm a completely different person in terms of how I see things, how I react, or or I'll say, don't react to things. It's like that was that was so worth it and working with a professional like yourself or myself. And, and then it sounds weird and counterintuitive, but then it becomes fun because learning about ourselves and and self-discovery, it is, it is fun. And it is fun to acknowledge the the inner child within ourselves who is screaming. I heard mine screaming the other day. She's like, enough with the adulting. You never let me be creative anymore. We never play. We never paint. Yes. Can we? Can you just write something for fun? It doesn't have to be your next book or make money. It could. Right. But I, I, I think that, and again, you say that to grown men in a corporate space, like, oh, that's cute, sweetie. Like, okay, yeah, I'll go paint or play or have fun. But okay, you want to perform at a higher level? If you do, you want the science? Do you want the research? So exactly, exactly. we're never going to please everybody, but you can at least offer them things and and let people make with it what they will. Yeah, absolutely. So I want to just wind down and say, if there's one actionable takeaway from today for those who are tuned in, I would say. The biggest nugget that I walked away with is if you can make this your mantra, I care, but not that much. I think that is phenomenal. And I encourage people to use it. And then I want you to write to us and tell us what that does for your decision making and your results, because I just think it's a great mindset shift. Thank you, Kate for sharing that. Thank you so much. And you will laugh when you do it or when you get that email and you really want to tell that person, you're going to be like, no, it needs to happen this way. So we get this result. It's, you're just like, I are, okay. Sounds great team. Thank you. I care, but not that much. Love that. Love that. Amazing. So Kate, again, thank you for coming on, for sharing your story, for sharing your little nuggets of wisdom. And of course that mantra, which now all of our listeners hopefully will adopt. Tell us, other than your book, where should people go to find you? 
I think you can just go to the fullspiritworkout.com or kateackman.tv and I'm Kate Ackman all over social media, LinkedIn. I would love to connect with you there. And that's where we connected and really just keep the conversation going and just please know, and I'm giving you that little friendly, gentle reminder. You're not alone. Everyone's going through something. It's just that most people aren't talking about it or they're pretending or striving to keep it all together. But the more that we can just have these kind of conversations and really connect and, and feel our own humanity with others, we start making better decisions. And, and when you, you know that to be true, you'll see your life really shift for the better. And I, I hold space for everybody to have that because there's so many struggles and challenges out there. And I just, my wish is for everyone to experience more happiness and pure joy. That little child who's just screaming around, you know, the the forest, like on a walk and discovering the trees and the flowers and the fresh air. And maybe that's a sign to take a walk in nature. I love that. Amazing. Well, thank you again for, for coming on. This was a lot of fun. And for all of you thinkers out there, what did you think of the show? If you are a feeler, how did hearing this make you feel? And for all of you doers, what are you going to do based on what you've heard? Regardless of what your personality code is, my goal is to spread the word that burnout is a unique experience. And by decoding it, you can find solutions that are equally unique to you. Help me spread this message by subscribing to the show on Apple or Spotify and leaving us a review, telling us what you think, feel, or do differently because of the show. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can also leave me a comment or questions to answer in future episodes. And please recommend the show to anyone struggling with burnout. If you are ready to take the next step with me to DYB, go to decodeyourburnout.com. I'll see you right back here next week. Bye, everybody.